the young metro don't trust you, I'm gon' shoot Beautiful morning, yeah, the sun in my morning, babe Nothing in the water, water. Welcome to Pew Report Pewter Report Podcast, a post-game podcast edition of the Pewter Report Podcast, energized by Celsius. I'm John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. With me is Scott Reynolds from PewterReport.com as well. Here to break down the Bucks, 38-3, shellacking. Right, Scott? Shellacking of the Chicago Bears, who look <laughs> rough, man, rough. This was not a challenging game for Tampa Bay. They challenged themselves at times, but not a challenging game overall to beat the Bears in this one. Yeah, in the words of, of the of the immortal Mark Cook, it was not Matt Nagy's favorite day. <laughs> they lost 38-3 to Tampa Bay. And they were just bad across the board for yeah. the most part. Uh, we'll get to some positives for that maybe as we as we talk about the Bucks. Through the Bears? Offense. Yeah, there are a couple things I noticed uh, when the Bucks are on offense uh, that, that okay. challenged them a little bit that I think will be interesting going into the Saints game. But, yeah, overall, I mean, when you can dominate up front and both sides of the ball like the Bucks did, I feel like it. it's just hard when you don't have the better quarterback already and then you lose in the trenches, you know, it just kind of ends everything right there. And so yep. we'll get into it. We'll get into especially a Bucks defensive performance that I feel like could hopefully be a tone changer for the rest of the season. We'll see who they can get back from injury. And we'll talk about some injuries that happened in this game that are highly concerning going into this game yes. against the Saints next week. We'll discuss that as well. And we'll talk about the Bucks offense, the good. There was a couple things that were concerning for, slash frustrating maybe a little bit, but this game didn't test them much, and so we'll dive all into all of that today. But first, uh, it's all brought to you by our friends over at Celsius on this podcast. The peach vibe, the sparkling white peach edition is what I'm rocking. Unbelievable, I got, Scott. You got, got the orange sickle um, Celsius heat. You know, jealous. We're going to have a special promotion about the Celsius heat tomorrow on the Victory Ooh. Monday Peter Report podcast, so stay tuned for that. But this is really good stuff. And uh, the reason why I drank this today, John, is this – this this is a throwback to the old uh, NFC Central days yeah. when when the Bucks were were playing against the the Bears twice a year, the Packers, the Lions, the Vikings. So I had to break out the orange sickle today. Right. Oh, absolutely understandable for sure. That's obviously a clutch one. Uh, and I, what's amazing is there's no sugar in these things. They taste amazing. They come in a ton of different flavors, which is probably the best part about it is that you can kind of find whichever flavors are your favorites. I know everybody in the chat always shouting out their favorite flavors and the ones that they go to uh, the most. Um, uh, and so, yeah, we'll see kind of how that all uh you know, with Celsius and what comes out with your favorite flavors, especially as you use the store locator, you can figure out where they are near you. And you yeah, can also just go to Celsius.com. Yeah. Or yeah. Or go to Amazon, do the subscribe and save and yep. get them sent to you all the time. Great stuff uh, from our friends over at Celsius. Some good news, Scott. It sounds like is D Delaney speaking right now to the press. He says his ankle is good to go. He can play next week. According to our Peter report Twitter account, Matt Matera well, probably that's, running that. So that's good because otherwise uh, they were talking about having to suit you up. To I mean, play honestly, some corner. I mean, you, got, you, you, you have the size to play corner in Todd Bowles' uh, system. What are you, 6'3 or so? I would be, I'm 6'3 and I'm 235 <laughs> yeah. pounds. So I would okay, be so you would have to shed a little bit of weight to, to get yeah. uh, used to, to so. running some 40 yard dashes up and down yeah. the field. But, but John, yes, Richard Sherman today taking over. As the the cornerbacks coach with Kevin Ross out and and listen uh, for his first day on the job he did a very very good uh, well, we should, very good yeah. job coaching right but technically Todd Bowles guys got assumed some the responsibilities but Richard Sherman did have a headset on so I guess we'll, yes we'll, we'll hopefully we'll get to find out a little bit how much of an impact Sherman had in that game but yeah it was interesting he was very vocal obviously but he's also only been with the defense for not even a month so yeah. that made it very even more funny that he would be assuming that role right. already you know well I think Bulls, Bulls was probably doing the scheming right and then when yeah. it came down to technique, technique. it was probably Richard Sherman sure. uh, stepping in still pretty pretty freaking impressive but oh, yeah. um yeah Delaney was good in this game and, and Jamel Dean was good in this game and so was Pierre Desir and the Bucks are going to need all those guys because uh, you know we'll talk about this game in a second but just touching on the injuries Dean and Delaney both were injured in this game it looked like Dean was a shoulder Arian said after the game he thinks Dean is fine he said we'll see but he thinks he's fine and he said he wasn't sure about Delaney's ankle then Delaney gets up and I guess he's talking to the media right now which that really doesn't happen if a player's are you right? I mean, like if the players, yeah, healthy, yeah. Healthy. Usually, you're in you're in the the training 
center with uh, the team trainers, getting right. your, your ankle wrapped up, putting it on ice, a walking boot, whatever you need. So, yeah, if he's up at the podium, um, he's he's feeling okay. Now, and that's oh, yeah. not to say it won't swell up a little bit tonight and tomorrow might be a different story, but there's still a, a full week before the next game, which will be a very important one for these DBs uh, going down to New Orleans. Or should say wish going it, over to New Orleans. Yeah, wish it was wish it was uh, starting DBs in that one. I know they'd probably enjoy yeah. being out there for this next one, but hopefully it'll be at least Delaney and Jamel Dean out there. And Pierre Desir had an interception and limited reps tonight. Delaney had an interception that was a good play after two good plays right before that too. That's what I liked about it. He broke on a ball for an incompletion on second down. He broke on a ball and made a great tackle for a short gain yeah. on first down. Then on third down, he gets rewarded with the pick. Obviously, Justin Fields was in over his head today, Scott, oh, but yeah. it didn't make it any easier that three of the sacks were immediate, <laughs> immediate pressure, immediate <laughs> hit. He's actually throwing the ball in two of them, and it gets hit as he's throwing it. He's throwing it quickly. So even though Fields does hold the ball too long, that really wasn't a massive issue in this game. It was really immediate pressure. Then there were drops from his receivers. He also had a couple poor throws. Yeah. You know, the second interception or the interception by Whitehead, I guess, was just completely off his hands of his receiver. He overthrew one to Delaney. It was kind of a just a mess all over the place for Chicago. I wouldn't say there was one real good thing about them other than the fact that they did run the ball well at times, um, for sure. Yeah. And obviously the Bucs were focused on not letting chunk plays happen in the passing game. Yeah, you look at, at Antoine Winfield, welcome back, right? I mean, he's out for, for two games with a concussion, and he, then he's he gets back to doing some things he did really well last year, John, not just playing free safety, not just playing center field, but but getting up to the line of scrimmage and blitzing off the blind side on Justin Fields' first pass attempt, getting the forced fumble. If you remember last year, three sacks during his rookie season and two forced fumbles, so it was nice to see yep. Todd Bowles dial up one of those weak side blitzes from the safety position when field making uh bulls awful proud on, on him on that play yeah for sure and th- i think the whole pass rush in general what did i say going into the game but i said they need to get four or five sacks in this game yep. so i think i even went up to six sacks like that's what they need to get their mojo back obviously had a lot of pressure in this game even with four uh i think devin white didn't get credited for a sack there right at the end that was a, technically a forward pass that Herbert yes. caught i think or something like right. that so almost five sacks but they had four and they were all in the first half and the game was kind of over by that point and after the first half so Shaq barrett had a sack jpp with two um you know so in antoine winfield with one as well so everybody kind of stepped up in that department you could definitely tell Shaq and jpp both had really good sacks by beating that right tackle for the bears yes. lecherius Le- simmons i believe and because let's just call him lunch because both JPP and, and Shaq had had him for lunch today, for sure. Yeah, that was not a fair fight there. Got quick sacks on Winfield there. And and you'll have some of that, but they exploited those matchups. And I thought that they won with scheme and won with individual talent too. So as a pass rush group, being able to get back to that was huge. And then the secondary just really didn't give up any big plays all game right. long. It's been kind of the staple of the group all year, Scott. They've been excellent against big plays. And I think that's going to have to be the thing moving forward if teams – Want to try to piece together huge long drives against you, okay, but don't give up the chunk plays. The Rams game's the only time they've done that, and they lost. And every other game, I think they've done enough to keep the ball in front of them. Yeah, you're exactly right. And uh, you know, the, the the thing too is is what I like about what Tampa Bay did on on defense is get off the field, right? I mean, the Bears were 0 for 10 um, on on third downs, or I think it was 0 for 9 maybe in the first half. Finished two of 11 on third downs for the game, so. Tampa Bay really doing a job on third down and uh, getting off the field and not allowing the Bears to have some drives. I think the Bears had probably one decent drive in the game, and uh, and Tampa Bay you know took care of that. Only a lot of field goal in the first half, shut them out in the second half. Um, it, it it's it's just it's good to see this pass rush and the secondary kind of playing in concert, John, because that's that's the one thing it's been disjointed earlier in this season and now it seems like it's gelling and when you have both of those units playing together in concert great coverage leads to sacks right Mm -hmm. and great pressure leads to interceptions so it's complementary football on the defensive side of the ball when you've got players up front and in the backfield making those plays yeah it definitely is there's no question about it i think and uh, i think that the this was the most comprehensive 
obviously, obviously, I mean, that goes without saying game for yeah. the Bucks defense this season. Um, they did a lot. They did there was some shoddy tackling and run defense that that allowed them to kind of get gashed there for sure. I know they'll be disappointed about that. I kind of get it at times. There was coverage contributing to it. It was like, okay, well, we're up big and we need to go play off. But at other times, the Bears just ran it well and the Bucks did not do things that they typically do pretty assignment sound. Is that going to be sustainable against Tampa Bay? I, I don't know, so I'm not super worried about it long term. I still think this is a really good run defense. Obviously, having Levante back is so big for that group. Yeah. So, I mean, because Devin White and Minter just miss fits that Levante just doesn't miss. And right. And also, too, if you, if you remember, John, in the first half, Kevin Minter, who's just you know not as fast as Levante David, was was an inch or two away from getting a sack on a weak side blitz himself. If that's yeah. Levante David rather than Kevin Minter, mm-hmm. you can probably say it's another sack for Tampa Bay. And and Bruce Aaron said he thinks he'll be back, um, you know, this week. So um, I think that'll be, you know, or he hopes. I guess he said I'd, one of those two. But yeah. that would be a big boost. Obviously, we'll talk more about those injuries and and what could come back. Who who on the box could come back for week uh, eight here at the end of the show? But defensively, the kind of performance I think that they really needed, Scott. Like they needed a performance like this to just be able to keep team out of the end zone. Get a couple shutdowns, you know, in the in the in the red zone area. I think even right. letting teams try and then getting stops in that area. They haven't been very good at that, to be honest, this season. Yeah. Not as good as Bulls likes them to be, at least. So that was big. I know it's a it's a weak opponent. I know it's an opponent that's totally lost right now on offense and doesn't have anything going. And the coach is probably going to get fired. And <laughs> I know all that matters. But also the Bucks injuries matter. You know, they're playing without yeah. a lot of people up front. JPP's playing a lot of snaps with what he told <laughs> us now is a torn rotator cuff. Uh, and his fingers split in two places. So, yep. yeah, he's playing in a ton of pain. Why he's playing that much in that much pain, I don't know. But um, that's a great question. <laughs> but on this game, and uh, yeah, so that yeah. was enough against this group to get it done. And we'll see against the Saints, who's obviously a much tougher offensive line. But I think it's really good moving forward. I don't know if it's sustainable yet. I'm not ready to say that yet. They're playing right. bad offenses right now, and, and sure. they're playing better against bad offense. And this was the best they've played. But the test will become greater. I don't know how great the Saints' offense is, but schematically, preparation-wise, yeah. they're definitely going to challenge you way more than the Bears or the Eagles or teams like that did. You're exactly right. I think the other thing that is worth noting, John, and I'm talking about this in my two-point conversion column, which will actually be up later tonight, but just to give you all a sneak preview, the Bucks are averaging 40.5 points per game at home. Okay, so... 31 points against the Cowboys, 48 against the Falcons, 45 against the Dolphins. Should have been over 40 today, right? I mean, if we're being honest. But a couple of goal line stops held the Bucks to 38. Uh, you know, gosh darn it, <laughs> only 38 points today. But the, the key thing is, is defensively, you're seeing the point totals drop at home. 29 points against the Cowboys, 25 against the Falcons, 17 against the Dolphins, three against the Bears, match that up with what the Bucs have been able to do again against lesser opponents, John, to your point. But Todd Bowles' defense with a beaten up, bashed in secondary has only allowed 17 points against the Patriots, 17 points against the Dolphins, 22 points against the Eagles, three points against the Bears. I mean, you average all that up, that's less than 20 points per game. That type of defensive performance, scoring defense, in this type of scoring offense, uh, you know, that that's that's a win. That's a win right. almost every single week. The biggest challenge to your point, John, is going on the road because Tampa Bay has not scored as many points uh, on the road. The the margin of victory at home has been 22 points, John, 40.5 point, 40, uh, points per game to 18.5 points per game. That, that's, that's a huge margin, right? That's three touchdowns. On the road, it's a different story. The Buccaneers are averaging 23.6 points per game. That's 16.9 points less per game than they are at home. And they're allowing 24.3, so they've, they've really got to turn that around and, and continue to play this style of defense, keeping you know opponents, in this case the Saints next week, 21 points or less. And then Tampa Bay's got to step it up in scoring. And I think getting Rob Gronkowski back, like he might, I, I think that's going to help out on Sunday. Yeah, I mean – the Bucks offense is so – they're just a fascinating. <laughs> like They run the ball incredibly well in this game, incredibly yeah. successfully run it. At one point, you know, they were just – it felt like every run, like we had never seen the Bucks. Have we seen the Bucks run the ball? I mean, I know they had the 98-yarder with Rojo, but for a full game like this, I, I don't remember seeing them run it like that, especially when it was 
I mean, they were running it when it was still like a competitive game. And then when the Bears knew they were going to run it in the third quarter, yeah. they were running it down their throats. Like, I just yeah. don't know if we've seen those types of runs yet. Uh, it was really, really impressive. Leonard, Rojo, it didn't matter because the O-line was doing unbelievable work. You know, huge shout out to yes. the offensive line. Oh. What is this? A month straight of just completely dominant football. Yes. Like, yeah. run game. Zero sacks today, John. Zero sacks. Zero. Brady was barely touched. Tristan Wirfs obliterated Khalil Mack. I mean, didn't even hear his name mentioned. They yeah. moved him around, trying to get him away from Wirfs. It didn't matter, man. I mean, everybody's kind of equal to the task on the O-line right now. And most thankfully, hopefully, they're healthy. You know, Ryan Jensen being off the injury report um, this week was big. Right. We didn't talk about that much. But the, the rest of the group, hopefully, they're healthy coming out of this one because the Saints, yeah, huge matchup coming up next week, obviously. But for about a month now, they have just been – utterly dominant really since yes. those meetings started those meetings those friday meetings that they've had with brady and and fournette kind of they started those they got together said we need to get better oh, hold, on, tom. To find, but. Uh, hold on tom i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give you all the credit mr brady sorry I'm gonna, right. take, I'm gonna take some credit <laughs> Leonard, too Leonard threw his name in there <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna take some credit too because i wrote in an srs fab five about how the bucks don't even need a running game this year Mm-hmm. And that, that obviously fired him up, John. I, yeah. I wrote about how pathetic the Bucks' run game was, and that obviously ignited this team and kick-started the running game because it has been unstoppable. 182 yeah. yards on the ground today. John, we even had a Keyshawn Vaughn sighting today. You know what that means, right? Even he looked good. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, you know what that means, right? Uh, Keyshawn, what are you Keyshawn, doing? Rushing for 27 yards and five carries. Keyshawn, what now are you doing? Know, five yards a pop. Keyshawn. What are you doing breaking up a 15-yard run? <laughs> it was good to see him out uh, there. Yeah, he it looked was. good. He stepped out yeah. of some tackles. He, he really looked solid. I mean, it was yeah. a good performance by him. And just the running backs in general, you know, I, I do think I that's the biggest holes I've seen in a Bucks game over the last, what, how many games? 20 seven games under yeah. with Brady and Arians. That was the most holes that I've seen. Um, man, I just felt like the group up front dominated. It was frustrating. Yeah. They couldn't finish in the red zone in those last two tries. They were five yes. of five in the red zone in the first half, then over two in the second half in the red zone. I know Arians and co will be frustrated about that. Kind of good. Cause it'll be some, a lot of motivation for them to oh, yeah. figure that stuff out. But coaching been, points, right? That's, yeah. that's what you want in a blowout win. You gotta, you gotta find a couple of coaching points. They've been a great short yardage team. And, and over the time that Brady and Arians have been together and they weren't in this game, uh, at least not near the goal line. Um, you know, and I felt like, Honestly, part of it was like Josh Wells and OJ Howard got blown up on they the did. Rojo fourth yeah. down jump. So he kind yeah. of had to jump from where he got the ball. And I, I don't I don't quite understand sometimes the whole we're gonna we're gonna put in seven offensive linemen and go jumbo and try to smash you. I, I I'm a huge fan, John, of spreading them out four wide receivers yeah. and, and just creating some room because that way all you need is a gap. All you need is one gap. And the thing is, you know the defensive linemen. What do they want to do? They want to penetrate, right, John? They yep. they got one yard to like just smash you, and so sometimes it's literally just turning and just creating a seam for the running back to hit that. So I listen, go jumbo once or twice doesn't work. Spread them out, go four wide, right? Mm-hmm. Because you got to respect that. Because at any point in time, Tom Brady can audible and hit one of those receivers for a two yard touchdown. We saw it to Mike Evans. Yep. So. I, I I just think sometimes these coaches make it hard on themselves too hard when they just try to bang their heads against the wall with these big jumbo sets because you're not fooling anybody. Right. I agree with you completely. Adam asked if I use the microphone off camera. Yes, I do, Adam. Uh, it's right here. Same same mic Scott has, actually. We, yeah, exactly. Twinning, twinning mics. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you, though, Scott. When they spread teams out a little bit, they do run the football better. And this one, it really didn't matter too much what they did they were still running it well they had stinny and wells out there at one point yes together. i know and yeah they, and they still ripped off some good runs so rojo ran really hard best he's looked at so far this season um no doubt not neither of those guys had to do much in the passing game though scott it was it was a run heavy game for the bucks in a lot of ways right. but when they did throw the football it was almost all in a weird stretch because this has barely happened but it was almost all chris godwin and mike evans they had 21 yeah. targets uh, today, um, the only like, both of them like, are double digits. It's like 2019 all over again, right? Before uh, AB yep. came to town, before uh, Rob Gronkowski came to before Brady to the Bucks. came to town, really, and just I know, yeah, he felt like I give him yeah, play. but no yeah, interceptions today, though. So you know, there's yeah. there's a big difference from 2019. Right. Uh, I mean, 
That's a huge difference, and it's been a staple of Brady so far today. This was – just to talk about Brady for a second, I thought Brady was very good today. This was probably his worst game of the season, in my opinion, oh, yeah. just because I've never <laughs> seen him miss. He missed <laughs> Cam Brady egregiously and O.J. Yeah. Howard egregiously. Oh, yeah. And I've never seen him miss those throws before. And obviously still, like, the throw to Evans down the field was ridiculous. Like, right. the throw to Godwin on the first or second drive of the game for a touchdown – in the middle of the field was absurd. He put it over a linebacker yeah. before the safety got there, had enough speed on the ball to get it in that window with the corner over the back. I, people need to see that throw again. That throw is insane. He had plenty of insane throws, but I've never seen him miss two like that before. And so it just shows you how much better they could be if you know they were clicking yeah. on all cylinders. <laughs> Still yeah. came back and hit the next plays after a lot of those mistakes, though. And so, yeah, well, the, here's the crazy thing. Remember I was telling you about – how I didn't think Tom Brady was was that efficient uh, against the Patriots. He completed fifty one point two percent of his throws against the Patriots. Only fifty five point six percent of his passes today. So, mm-hmm. a similar type of game, but way more touchdowns today with four. Only yeah, way one. better in the red zone. Yeah, uh, they were five of five in the first half. And yeah, definitely. that Patriots game. That Patriots game. They had like four or five drops and those were obviously yep. huge plays in that game. A couple of messed up routes. Um, this one, I felt like Brady actually missed a couple of throws. They had some drops too in this one, I think, um, but not, not a whole lot. And I think that it shows that's, you know, we've seen that of 27 games. Now we know that's not going to happen very often with Brady and they still score 38 <laughs> points. So it's a good problem to have. But it doesn't even but matter. You're right about them needing to play better on the road. That's a big storyline. Yes, I don't even know how to quantify it, Scott. So I don't like to talk about it a lot. Cause I don't understand it. Like, you know, what do we even say? Like, is it really matter? They go on the road in the playoffs and they win. Is it just kind of a random thing? Is it mm-hmm. does it actually matter? I don't know how to quantify. Yeah, the and, and the thing is, there's only been three so far this year, right? So you're right. not even halfway to the season yet where you could sit there and edit with the so, sample size of five yeah. and six. He said sample, sample size. size. I know. There you go, John. Just for you. But but the thing is, is what we do, what we do know is the Bucks' toughest opponent, the Rams, that was on the road. That was truly the Bucks' first road game, really in two years, because. So many of those games last year just had phantom fans in there, right? There, there was there were not even too close to capacity. LA was rocking in SoFi Stadium out there in week three. 34 to 24 was was the the game um, for the Rams. So the, and of course the last two, you know, at New England, at Philadelphia, those are are not, you know, teams that are that are probably going to be in the playoffs. So this will be, I think, a kind of an intermediate test. Uh, a, a a team that that is not as good as the Rams, but certainly better than the last two opponents there. Tampa Bay just has not, you know, they have to not beat themselves. I think that's the biggest thing. One penalty today that was a great sign because this team had gotten plenty of penalties earlier in the season. One of the most penalized Buccaneer teams kind of reverted back to last year's bad habits. So they got some some penalty issues under control. Only one today that needs to continue. Because if it doesn't, uh, it could be more uh, tricks than treats next uh, Sunday at Halloween, John. I'm I'm anxious to see what the Saints look like on Monday. I'm I'm very anxious to see what they look like tomorrow, and just to yep. get a, you know, how do they look against Seattle? Seattle's like backup quarterback. They're just hanging on by a thread right now. <laughs> like their yeah. defense is horrible. Uh, the Saints have statistically really a poor passing attack this season. Yep. We mentioned it. They are kind of it's supposed to be some nasty weather, weather right? Yeah. Tomorrow in Seattle, like a some kind yeah. of a cyclone or something hitting up there. Mm, I didn't know that, but three and two, the Saints are there basically because they've been unbelievable in the red zone. And I just wonder how that can continue. I think they're 13 or yeah. 14 in the red zone. It's a bit of a mirage. I think. Oh, it's absurd. Like, that, yeah. you know, that's crazy. Even John, even I think it's due to the small sample game. size. What do you think? Yeah. It could be, Scott. I think that's a pretty good observation by you because as the sample size gets larger, nobody's ever hit 93% in the red zone. The Packers are the yeah. best ever last year at like 71%, I want to say, in the yeah. red zone, which is still amazing. But the Saints, can they really even be a 71% team in the red zone? I just There's right. some regression coming there at some point. I don't know when it happens, but like they have a lot of – I don't know if they have pieces. Like With Brady, he's one of the best red zone quarterbacks of all time. You kind of get it when the Bucs are at the top. Every right. year. But do the Saints have the red zone? <laughs> Not disrespecting, but I've seen some of their touchdowns this year, and they probably should have been fixed. And so yeah. I just wonder. We'll Speaking see. of touchdowns, I want to give a shout out to Cliff Welch, our amazing photographer, who literally almost got run over by Chris Godwin for this touchdown catch. That is a Cliff Welch picture right there. And uh, I remember watching the play happen live on on TV, and I saw Cliff reach for his smaller camera, and he's he's actually sitting down in the end zone, literally about. 
three feet away from Chris Godwin taking that picture. So mm-hmm. some amazing shots from Cliff yeah. Welch. He's a baller. Uh, our ace photographer. Yeah. And he was, was right there to capture, you know, Mike flexing. Uh, Evans had a huge day today. Just, just an outstanding job as always by our shutterbug Cliff Welch. Yeah. My Evans was great today, man. A great, a couple of great like combat catches, like the back of the end zone, yeah. tough catch. And then I thought the first touchdown, they're bracketing him with the safety and he's getting popped as he catches it and he, good concentration to hang on. And then the long ball, he actually, he actually kind of dropped the long ball. Right. And, caught and then he caught it. Elbow. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I know. yeah, he, and he is not, necessarily fared great on some of the long balls this season i know he kind of right. had the back shoulder throw from brady end up being a penalty anyway that's why they call him 50 50 balls because <laughs> you don't get yeah, the and, ball. right and, and that one you know that one was just a perfect throw and he had two steps there so uh, you know i i i felt like evans you know the way that he was able to <laughs> adam 20 dollars super chat we appreciate that Who's shaving their chest now? I don't. <laughs> I think that's um, an ode last year to Mark Cook. Um, was that you or Mark? Both were. I, it was Mark. I, I, at chest. no point ever have I ever said I was going to shave my chest. I'm pretty sure you did about something. I no, I was. I was going to grow like a soul patch right here, but oh, that's right. That's the right. wife nixed that, so that's right. That got nixed. Um, but I literally have no chest hair. I have no chest hair whatsoever. I'm probably going to have to get. We're going to have to get Grizz back. That's true. Oh yeah, gri- yeah. Grizz back he he could definitely do it. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Chris could do it for sure. Uh, all the sample size talk is a smooth segue into a manscaped ad. <laughs> that will be coming up here because we're getting our game balls. We're waiting That's for the right. rest of the Pewter Report crew to get in here and join us so we can get their thoughts on this game as we move through it. But, okay, Scott, here's a question for you. Yep. Special teams, Jalen Darden. Yes. Very nice early return. That was good. The kickoff, I'm it not was. sure what he was doing there, but the punt return was uh, was good to see from him. I felt like he had good decisiveness on it. Yeah, he really was. And he also had uh, an 11-yard uh, run on an end round. So you, yep. you figured with, with Darden being up that they would try some gimmick to him, you know, and, and they, they did the old end around and got 11 yards. Uh, probably had a couple more, but the, the blades of grass tripped him up. Uh, that, that happens from time to time at Raymond James Stadium. Old Michael Pittman would know all about that. Never seen a running back get tripped up by grass more than that guy. Um, but yeah, it was it was good to see Darden really, you know, kind of show what he can do out there on special teams. It, it, um, you know, it, it was it was a, a big move to to part ways with Jaden Mickens just mm-hmm. for some roster shuffling. But um, Mickens is back, by the way. Just one to be oh, yeah, sure. He, right? yeah, he's 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 back. But I mean, I would be just, crying if he wasn't. Right. Yeah, but this this was Darden's opportunity, and I thought he fared pretty well. And I don't know that they're going to go back to Mickens necessarily unless they have some type of an injury issue or something like that is I, I think that the plan moving forward is to get Darden more involved as the fourth round pick into special teams, into the offense as well. But um, I think really the only gaffe, you know, and I was going to put him uh, on the most disappointing until he made every extra point and the other field goal, but you know, Ryan second missing the 43 yarder. It's, you know, it wasn't even close. Yeah, he only misses was... kicks and blowouts. Do you notice that? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. He like was awful Lions last year in Detroit. Missed- yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was the biggest blowout of the year, right? And then what else? He missed. What did he miss? One in the Dolphins game? Um, I'm trying to remember now. I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. But one thing that that did ring true is that when Blaine Gabbert steps in a quarterback, you know it's a Buccaneer victory. You know Gabbert's not going to let these guys down. Hold on, we're not to game balls yet. I know you well, want to give it to Blaine Gabbert. I got to talk about this rookie class a little bit more because okay, we all right, okay. class today. I we didn't necessarily to... get to see Joe Tryanchuinka very much. I didn't even yeah. really notice him to be honest. I we was spy on one play on the fourth, on the third down play, third and eleven yeah. maybe. He was the spy on Fields, ran him out of bounds for that fourth and four, and then the Bucks obviously stopped him on fourth and four. So. I didn't notice a whole lot other than that, so we'll see if he even ended up playing that much in this game. We appreciate the $5 super chat from Architect, always coming up clutch with those. The other yep. thing, Scott, Tryon Chuinka didn't get to play maybe that much, but KJ Britt got in at the end of the game. Oh, I just wanted to show this oh, out because man. he found out real quick what it's like to play against NFL athletes. Because oh, first play, field scrambles. Britt's like, I got him. I'm going to chase him down. Nope. Trying to run as fast as he possibly can to match fields. Falls on his face. Yeah. Then he gets in the open field with Cole Komet. Or not even Cole Komet. Who was it? There's like third string. The other tight third end. string tight end. Yeah. 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 And he got like, he overran the tackle. Yeah. And I just, in the open field, missed him. The guy picked up a couple more yards after the catch. 
it was not a great start for KJ. Um, I, I was more impressed with Grant Stewart. I was more impressed with Grant Stewart. You know, so um, I, yeah. I, I I'll just say that. Listen, um, we, we could we could do like a, a KJ segment after that game. It was not right. a stellar debut on defense for KJ Brett. He's got to break down. He's got to look at the hips, right? Like that's how you tackle. What he's got to do is become a better athlete. And I I don't know if it's going to happen. That's hard to do at the NFL level, right? (laughs) Not going to happen. I don't think there were that many drop passes today, Steven. Uh, Howard didn't drop one, did he? Brait had the first throw braid in the end zone was actually perfect from Brady. It was running money. The yeah. numbers, yeah. it's super the, the guy just window. reached around and punched it out, yeah. I think. Right. I don't think it was a drop, really. Um, Evans dropped that one short sort of, but, but that was a great play by the DBN. It ended up being a penalty anyway, so it scrapped that play. Right. I don't think Rojo had a drop. Fournette definitely had a drop, maybe two on the day. I, the one near the end zone, I couldn't see if it was catchable or not for him. Right. Yeah, I think that was really the only ones. I, yeah. I don't think there were too many others in that. So not too bad in that department. They've cleaned things up a little bit yeah. last couple of weeks maybe in that area. But um, Tristan Wirfs today, Scott, I mean, thought it was the performance. I'm going to give away my game ball here. I was going to wait, but I, oh, you I are. Know, somebody's going to take it from me anyway. So Oh, look at you jumping out ahead. I like it. So let's, I mean, somebody, let's do oh, this you just right want me, Oh, you want me to let's do it? Let's just do it. Oh, okay. All right. Go for it, John. Do you want me to actually read that? Like, am I doing the read now too? Is that, yeah, do the read. Yeah, let's just go, do Oh, it. okay. All right. I'm going right. Okay. All right, here we go. If you don't know, here's the question. Here's the question everybody needs to think about, Scott. Do you like playing with balls? No, I'm not talking about footballs. I mean your balls. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming, want you to shave your pubes with the Tom Brady of ball trimmers, the brand-new Lawnmower 4.0, only the GOAT technology for the greatest balls of all time. When you're going toward the end zone, make sure you use the right tools for the job and choose Manscaped. Two million men world. My wife texted me, good God. Two million men worldwide. Trust them. So join the movement. Here's the exclusive offer, 20% off and free shipping. The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped. Here to help you get ready. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. Unbelievable. This thing has that amazing LED lights. You can see everything going on down there. Also Which is important. The on-off, very important. Also has the on-off switch with the travel lock on it. That's right. Love it. Clutch. Got to have it. Throw it in the bag. I guess, yeah, there's a travel So it bag. doesn't vibrate in the bag and embarrass right. you. Here's there. the real thing. It's waterproof, Scott. Super yes. clutch. In the, the shower. Fact that it's waterproof. Yeah, in the shower, boom. In the hot tub. No nicks, no scratches, nothing. You're good to go. It also comes with the weed whacker. uh, It uh, uh, the ear and ear and nose hair trimmer, which is clutch. Um, Hold on, I'm gonna stop you right there, John. I um, I know Mark Cook used to do that. He stick it up his nose and and actually do a demonstration. I'm above that, so I'm not gonna do that. But what I will say is, as an older guy, I'm 49. You're 31. You don't have to use it yet. I do. Get the nose hair going, but. It doesn't snag. That's that's the most irritating thing about the nose hairs. When you pluck them, like you get the little tear, you're like, ah, that hurts. You stick this thing up and like do that, and and it doesn't even snag. Doesn't hurt at all. It, it, it honestly, it's the best manscape product. I mean, yep. the, the weed whacker is fantastic. Game changer. Yeah, it, it is. But I'm just telling you, the 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 ear nose hair trimmer. That's that's the best. Okay. All right. There you heard it straight from Scott right there. Uh, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner are also the key to feeling victorious and taking home the Super Balls this year. Oh, my God. 20% off and free shipping is available to you for this. It's an unbelievable deal over at manscaped.com. It also comes with the Manscaped Boxers. The Boxer Briefs so comfortable. And the Shed Travel Bag as well. 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code Pewter 20, P-E-W-T-E-R 20, Pewter 20 at manscaped.com. You can get this unbelievable offer and take great, wonderful, excellent care of your balls. But wait, there's more. And you can also get a Pewter Report t-shirt. Let Scott know that you ordered this by emailing him, uh, sr at pewterreport.com. Email him, give him the reset, show him a picture of the receipt. Uh, that you got, and he will get your address and send you a Pewter Report t-shirt as well, plus the 20% off and free shipping. You got to love it. It's great stuff for Manscaped. That's right. Absolutely free. All right, let's get to our Manscaped game balls here. And to do this, the way, the only way we know how, which is balls to the wall, it's Matt Matera joining the show live from Raymond James Stadium. Matthew, how are you tonight? Hey, oh, I'm doing great. That was uh, quite the 
Johnny Carson esque type of introduction <laughs> into the show. I really, I really liked it. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing Excellent. great. I love your facial hair. It's great stuff. I appreciate you. you donning that beard. I thought it was going to be shaved by now. It's, it will it's, be shaved. Yeah, it's good. Right? Uh, yeah, it could be. It could be uh, a <laughs> last be. dance. <laughs> it's so, it's man. leaving soon. It's leaving soon. Okay. But uh, right. yeah. join right, it. Join, join it still. Yeah, enjoy that mustache while you can, everybody. Matt, <laughs> uh, takeaways from this game. The Bucks obviously. 38 to three. This one wasn't really ever in doubt. Wasn't really ever close. Uh, felt pretty certain all the way. The game was over in the first quarter when it was 21, nothing. I almost laughed thinking that, uh, you know, the Bucks score late in the <laughs> second quarter. And then it's like, Oh Wait, yeah. You, already, you said you almost laughed. I thought you said you almost left for a second. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> 21, nothing. I'm out of here. Right. Yeah. I'm doing the podcast. I almost yeah. laughed. It's like, Oh, the Bucks just scored a touchdown. And they get the ball to start the third quarter. Like, this is, you know, this is absolutely ridiculous. I guess my biggest takeaway, other than, you know, it was, it was a blowout win. Uh, the Bucks play so much better at home, especially against, you know, lesser opponents. We've seen against the Falcons, Dolphins, and now the Bears. They just they just start steamrolling teams when they, when they really get going. Um, a huge shout-out to the defense, though. Uh, they're not going to win too many games for the Bucs this season. But what they did out there, and I get it, it was against a rookie quarterback and one of the worst offenses in the league. But they came up, they came up big today, and they they showed that they can still create turnovers, uh, be dominant when they want to be. They didn't allow a touchdown, so I don't care who you're playing. That that's a great effort right there. The first three sacks of the game were all strip sacks. He had five to- turnovers in total, um, three forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, the three picks. Um, they deserve a ton of credit for what they were able to do today. And even like Tom Brady offensively, I thought he was fine. He was okay. He obviously had the record and every, well, not the record, but the 600 touchdowns, I guess it is a record because he's the all time leader. Um, I don't think he was like overly efficient and he still threw for four touchdowns. (laughs) So, I mean, just, it's so tough to beat this team. And when the defense plays like it did today, like no one can beat them. That's just the matter of fact. Right. No, I think you're right. This was just kind of comprehensively was one of the better team performances of the year, probably because not yeah. many, not many things were in doubt. Even when the Bears ran the ball a little bit better than you typically see teams do against the box, it was like, okay, good luck if, if this is you know the way that you're going to beat this team, especially when you're down 21 nothing in the first quarter. Just didn't really feel like it was in the cards for the Bears to come back that way. So, right, Bucks were comfortable allowing a little bit of that. Uh, I mean, typically I, don't allow. Honestly, John, the the biggest drama in the whole game was the whole thing with the fan getting the 600 uh, touchdown yeah. football. Like that was the really that's was. the biggest drama in the whole game. It's usually a pretty good outcome. Yeah, for sure. And the Bucks obviously will face better competition, and that will be a huge indicator, obviously. But when you play bad teams, you want to crush them, and they crushed them. That's despite right. Despite the fact that they have a ton of injuries on both sides of the ball. We'll talk a little bit in a few minutes about who they're getting back there, but let's hey, just just but let me let me stop you for one second on Tom Brady, just to put it in perspective, right? What he's what he's doing, twenty one touchdowns now, right? Twenty one touchdowns in seven games. Okay, I was covering the Buccaneers in two thousand twelve when Josh Freeman threw twenty seven touchdowns, which was a record at the time, a single season record in sixteen games. 27 touchdowns okay Mm -hmm. it seems like brady could hit that in you know in washington after the bye week right i mean he's he's, what six away from from 27 oh and by the way then there's half the season left so and an extra game (laughs) yeah it's just it's crazy just to think about the mind-boggling numbers this offense is putting up behind tom brady right it is and And they're insane at home Sorry, yeah. John, but like it's insane what they're doing at home. Like he's almost Brady is a mere mortal on the road. He actually doesn't have <laughs> too many touchdowns. Right. But you you watch him throw for four, and your takeaway is kind of like, eh, wasn't Tom Brady's best game? He threw four <laughs> touchdowns. You know, right. it's unbelievable. That's true. That's yeah, I mean, the ball actually back sure. to your point. He's got three touchdowns on the road, and he's got um, uh, eighteen at home. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, Mike Evans on the season, by the way, just so everybody – I know people are trying to keep track at home. 37 catches, 496 yards, and seven touchdowns on the year. So everybody – they're looking at the touchdown record. He set it with, what, 13 last year, right? 
So he's ha- he's yeah. more than halfway there. He's got six to go to tie his own record, franchise record for touchdown catches in a season. With 10 and games to go. With 10 <laughs> games to go, yes. And he needs seven to break it. Yeah. So things are looking good for Mike Evans. Chris Godwin, 42 catches, leads the team in that department. 529, 520 yards leads the team in that department. His second 100-yard game of the season today. Three touchdowns for Godwin on the year. He scores. Wait, did he did score, yeah. The first he time, scored yeah. the first touchdown. The of first the game. touchdown, right? I was first trying to, passing yeah, touchdown. I was trying to think back over all of them. Yes, good call. Um, so those guys. So Godwin now leads in receptions and yards. Evans leads in touchdown. Antonio Brown still leads in yards per catch uh, on this season. He's got four touchdowns himself, so he's still had a Godwin and only has twenty nine catches on the year. So yep. Evans has the most targets though at fifty nine. Godwin at fifty seven. Mm-hmm. So I know people are keeping track of all that at home. And then we'll see if Gronkowski can come back this this week. Hopefully he can add to he's got four touchdowns too. He's still tied for second on the team in touchdowns. Every home game someone has at least two tutties in a game. Like yeah. every single time. Because and Brady's, time thrown, Brady's, Brady's thrown five, four, five, four touchdowns. Yeah. Right at home. Yep. Like it's something ridiculous. So yeah, there's a but it's going to be on the road. Can they keep up that same type of intensity offensively? Can they keep that same production? That's what we got to talk about before we wrap up. But let's get into game balls a little bit so we can get JC in here. And I think Casey's going to jump in in a little bit as well and get her game balls as well. But do can I get to go first? Yes, you get to go yeah. first, John. Oh, yes. You earned it. I mean, Tristan Wirfs is an animal. Not only is he a great elite player in today's NFL already, probably the best right tackle in the league already, but he what Khalil he did who? Today, I mean – Totally Khalil. shut down Khalil Mack, shut down everybody that went his way. A monster performance. You could certainly shout out the whole offensive line, and they'd be completely deserving. But I'm just focusing on Werfs. After the game, I loved it. They asked him, they said, did Werfs talk to you at all today? And he goes, nope. And he just kind of smirked. <laughs> and he's not going to talk trash ever, Tristan Wirfs. But they said, did this one mean a lot to you? He's like, I was extremely looking forward to this matchup. I've seen the gifts all year. People in my DMs for the last year since the last game. It's the only sack you know he's given up, obviously, in the NFL is to Mack. And then the, the – the hip toss after. So yeah, he was looking forward to this game. There was an extra edge to this one for him. And it's probably his best performance of the season. He was absolutely dominant. He has been, he is a no doubt about it. Easy, easy pro bowl, all pro player this season. If they snub him from that, I am literally going to go to the league office myself and and burn this process to the ground because it is so bad. He and Ali Marpet have to be in there this year. They have been that good. Hopefully they can keep it up next week, but he's easily my offensive and then defensively, I mean, I, I got to give a shout out to JPP because I, not that I his second, pick. yeah, second sack wasn't anything special, or whatever. But he's again, he's playing, staying detached. He's seeing where the quarterback's going. He's making a play with one hand. I mean, he's got this torn rotator cuff now. He tells us he's playing through. I don't think he should be playing as much as he is, but he was good today. I know it wasn't necessarily the best competition, but he was good today. His, his second sack kind of pretty much ended the game. It felt like at that point, um, or his first sack, sorry. Um, and yeah, he was, he was really, really solid and the Bucks needed him to be really solid. And he's playing through a lot of pain, which I'm sure, you know, is inspiring to the rest of the guys. Yeah. Matt, how about you? Who do you have for your game balls? Offensively? I mean, yeah. Presented by Manscaped. Um, I'll leave the layup for you, Scott, or I guess you don't have to take him because we all know Evans had the best game, but, uh, sticking with the theme of the offensive line, just overall the, the entire offensive line, they obviously are the unsung heroes week in and week out. But again, Tom Brady does not get sacked. Um, they had 182 yards on the ground. You can make the argument this was the toughest team in terms of the pass rush that, that they were facing against. Obviously, it changed a lot with Robert Quinn but not being there. But, I mean, I, they're doing a phenomenal job. Brady has to roll out, what, like once or twice a game? Yeah. Not not too much pressure in his face or anything like that. So, you know, uh Give credit where credit's due. The offensive line uh, at times in the past, we've obviously gotten on their case, but they've been great this season, so they deserve all the credit there. Um, defensively, it's a really great group effort overall. But, you know, I'm going to give a shout-out to a guy that um, was put in an elevated role, and he came up big, and that's D Delaney. He had the interception. I thought he did pretty well with his coverage. Uh, JC's uh, getting angry uh, off screen. Well, he should have got on quicker, man. I don't know what to tell you. Um, and I just, <laughs> I just feel that, uh, you know, the whole thing is next man up mentality and D Delaney did what was asked of him. He kept plays in front of him, uh, made the interception and, uh, thought he did a, a really solid job before he left the game with an ankle injury, but he did say that his ankle's feeling fine. So he should be go- good to go for next game. But, uh, yeah, yeah those are my game balls. Okay. Very encouraging that they made him available to the media and you're right. He did play yeah. well. No question about it. 
Exactly. Matt, we appreciate your your takes as always and um, appreciate your game coverage and your Twitter coverage. Be sure you follow us on Twitter at Peter Report if you're not doing so already. So um, thank you. Uh, you like yeah. that Blaine Gabbert tweet I had? I said, ladies and gentlemen, Blaine Gabbert in all caps. Yes. Blaine Gabbert is in a cubing. I thought uh, we, I, was, I was thinking of we you. We need like yeah. Casey to make a Blaine Gabbard intro video when he ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we could play it on the live show. Yeah. No doubt about it. Matt, thank you so much. Thanks Appreciate a lot, guys. Take it easy. And uh, right. speaking of uh, quick transitions, we're going to transition now to JC Allen. How are you doing, JC? Doing great. Great to be back on the pod. Post game pod, game ball time. All right. All right. Keep it, keep it, keep it together, bud. Keep it together. Yeah. No, but I just want to say, I mean, I am, you know, fully encouraged by this team, their performance, no penalties except for that one late in the game. And then mental mistakes, no turnovers. I mean, there was a couple of miscommunication plays with Brady and some of his wide receivers, OJ Howard wide open in the end zone. But you know, yeah. this is the game you, you, you look to, I mentioned in the, in the post in the pregame pod, the Chicago bears game is when they turned it around last year. Hopefully it would be this game and, you know, look at what happened. Uh, they were just able to throttle and get that signature win on the season that they've been searching for at home behind five turnovers from the defense, four sacks, four touchdowns from Brady, one from Leonard. And uh, it's just overall just a great game, great performance by by the Bucks. Could have been better in some instances, but anytime you you win by 32 points, I think it's uh, – I think yeah. it's – Five turnovers for the Bears in this game. They had five all season going into this game. So very impressive performance by the defense. Got those four sacks, bunch of other pressures, bunch of other near sacks. Dominated the game, I felt like, uh, especially on passing downs. And coverage, yeah, it was really, really good. We rarely saw anybody open down the field at all. Um, so we'll check the tape and see if that was uh, that held up pretty well. But it felt like they controlled fields really, really well, controlled the weapons really well. And contained well. Alan, Alan Robinson, man. <laughs> He got to get out of there. <laughs> he, he tried to. Out. He tried to. He's tr- he, might try, he might leave after this game, man. He might be like, I'm done. I'm just Wait, who, is that, who is that cornerback that just quit in the middle of the Bills game? Who's going to be out of Chicago first? Matt Nagy or – or uh, uh, If Nagy's well, not fired Nagy's this game, gonna, yeah. I mean – What's well, Alan Robinson on? technically has to wait till free agency. Nagy's That's not going to yeah. make it that long. All right, so. JC, I, I saw a uh, – we had a super chat here I wanted to get your thoughts on. Let me pull it up real quick here. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Here we go. Okay, I got it. All right. Gentlemen and scholars, this is from Stephen Roberts. We appreciate that 499 super chat. Gentlemen and scholars, pick your minds, but honestly – what would it have taken you to give back the 600th touchdown game ball? JC, I, I saw you blowing up our, our Peter Report group chat during the game. I'm going to let you handle this one. What, oh, man. What, what, what would it have taken for you to part ways with that game ball? Just in case you missed it, Mike Evans scores the 600th uh, to touchdown pass uh, from Tom Brady. He got, he got the ball. Then he gave it to a fan, which Mike always does because he's so generous. But uh, he didn't realize there was the 600 touchdown pass ball. So uh, uh, the, the Bucks send somebody over there to the to the um, uh, to the gentleman who received the the gift and said, "I need that gift back." <laughs> Take it back. You know, I, I'm not going to say I'm like one of these, you know, crazy money. I've seen people like I need at least a million dollars for it. And supposedly the fan got a game ball and replacement. He's getting. Uh, a couple signed Tom Brady jerseys, and he also got a thousand dollar gift card to the team's pro shop. But I would definitely want more than that. This is a six hundred Brady. I mean, he could go and sell that on eBay right now for a hundred grand, easy. And I'm not saying I want a hundred grand, but hundred grand. Oh, easily. Uh, that's hundred grand. Hold on, JC. Let me just let me just share some news with you here. A Tom Brady autographed rookie card sold for a record three point one million dollars this summer, June fifth. 2021. So this is you're talking about an autographed Tom Brady rookie card. Okay. Now this is something completely different. This is not a rookie card. This is the game ball. There's only one of these that Tom Brady actually threw. The Mike Evans actually caught. There is one of these. Yeah. I mean, is you're looking at million. Like I'm just saying, if you want to put it up on the marketplace right now, take top for a hundred thousand. Yeah, it would definitely go for a hundred thousand. Easy, real quick, but easy. No, I mean, I'd it might even go for a million dollars. Yeah, I, I at mean, least 
want like lunch with Brady. Maybe I'm like, you know, no. yeah. like three, three I dinners. About, I don't care about lunch with Brady. <laughs> if I'm a fan, no, I'm saying I'm I want a saying, bill. Period. You want a bill? <laughs> yes. I want a bill. That's what There's I'm saying. No chance of giving it up. Hold on, dude. Hold on. This is the thing. And listen, I appreciate you know the the fan you know giving back the the game ball and being nice and stuff, but but. But the reality of it is, is you could literally retire. You could retire by selling that game ball. Okay, like you have to give it to your family too. It's like, listen, Tom's gonna get the ball back. Like, like if he wants it, he can buy a million dollars. Tom's he can use this crypto money to buy it back, right? Yeah, He's yeah. got all the money in the freaking world, right? He can borrow some from Giselle if he didn't have money, but it's like uh, that's give me crypto, some dinners, you know, maybe some sign. I want sideline passes and the rest of my life, you know, you know, looking at it that way. As me personally, I want money. I want a mill. I'm with John. I want at least a mill, you know. But I mean, you know, I, it would have been. A little I'm bit just sell. I'm just keeping it and seeing what I can get. I'm not saying I take a mill from the Bucks. I'm just saying I'm going to take it, sell yeah. it, and then see what right. I can get for sure. Yeah. Brady confirmed he'll be giving an extra gift to that fan. <laughs> Better be a million. That's all I'm now, saying. now, here's the thing. Also, Bud Brady Light wants to give him some free beer. Back. <clears throat> yeah, that's a different story, right? That, if that's, Tom Brady himself came over and yeah, asked for the ball back. That's like, a different story. That's yeah. I'm probably just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not I mean, about to be that guy man. with every camera in the world on me. Right. Like right. no more money's so worth that kind of. Once Brady makes that eye contact with you, he like stares yeah. into your yeah, soul. Like, what am I gonna do? <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's, at that I'm point in time, dude, but I'm not like at that point yeah, time. I'm it's just a like Jedi that. mind trick. You're going to give me the ball back, aren't you? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> yes, Tom. Yeah. These aren't the droids <laughs> like, you're looking for. No, no, they're not. Right. <laughs> we'll give me the ball. A no-brainer situation for sure. So. All right. So, so game balls. Did you say both of them, JC? I didn't say any of them you, yet. Oh wow. Okay, Sam, quick. Just <laughs> okay. No, I'm just kidding. Take your time. No, uh, so offensively, uh, I don't know if Scott was gonna <laughs> Scott was gonna say it or not. I apologize if you are, but I'm gonna Who? take him because I'm taking him the last two weeks. Who? The first week I got criticized by John for taking him, even though he had a really good game. Last week was was okay. definitely warnable. Who are you? And this week I'm taking him again. Give me Who? Mike Evans, number thirteen. Oh, oh, I thought I was gonna okay. thought you were gonna go with number forty three. <laughs> No, now my defensive game player of the week, easy yeah. one. No, uh, it's Ross Cockrell, obviously. Did you see he almost had that fumble recovery? He that did. Antoine Who? Winfield. Who are you taking? <laughs> no, so it's really Antoine Winfield Jr. I mean, he he came back and literally first drive of the series comes out, forces a fumble that should have been recovered by Ross Cockrell. Yes. Couldn't get his, his hand on the ball. You know, I don't know, having problems there. Should, should he use Manscaped? But, you know, Antoine Winfield just made his presence felt immediately, immediately. And it's something that the Bucs needed desperately. You saw the impact it made in the secondary as a whole. Mike Edwards got to go in there, move around, versatile. Uh, it really gave them uh, more of a complete defensive backfield to work with before the injuries uh, sunk in. I was going to take D. Delaney because he had five tackles, pass deflection, and interception before he got injured. Yeah. And I sent you guys the video. It looks like it was an ankle injury rolled up on it. Hopefully he'll be fine. He said he'll be fine. But um, – yeah, those are my guys. And then Darden. I mean, you got to give Darden, you know, the guy first first time having the job fully his really comes in and and 43 yards on a 46 yards on a punt return. He had that end around too. That was pretty nice. So those are my three game balls there. We go Mike Evans, Antoine Winfield Jr., Jalen Darden on special teams. Good stuff. Appreciate it. So uh, you you had uh, your D Delaney uh, game ball intercepted by yes. Matt Matera. Yes. Exactly. JC, appreciate it. Thank you. We're going to bring in Casey Hudson now to uh, get her thoughts on the game. Uh, Casey, uh, was was this thing over before it even started? It just seemed like that was the case, right? That's about. You usually think that like things won't pick up as much until after halftime. And then it's funny because in the press box, Matt was like, third quarter, it's going to be like 35 and three. And then it's like, <laughs> there's yeah. still time in the second quarter and it hits 35 and three. And then we're like, well, now what do we do? Half time, eat, take your time, just kind of hang yeah. out. So, yeah, this was definitely – it. Was like uh, JC kind of mentioned it, Antoine Winfield Jr. set that tone in the beginning mm -hmm. of this game. Like to come out as – I think in under three minutes they had like three huge plays. So you just yeah. kind of knew which direction this game was going in. Yeah, you did. And I felt like we haven't talked about it enough because there were so many performances in a game like this. But just what – 
what I felt like Leonard Fournette did on the ground in this game, especially uh, from the outset, really. I mean, early on in the game, a couple big runs and just kind mm-hmm. of was very productive. Obviously, I like I said, I think is the biggest holes I've seen from the box in the run game so far this year. It is going to be fascinating. We're going to have some pieces up, I think, this week at Peter Report com on the Bucks run scheme and kind of how it's evolved a little bit. And we're seeing way more runs to the B and C gaps. It was last year, it was a lot of A gap runs, and now we're seeing them try to get outside. But doesn't it feel different when the Bucks are running the football right now, Casey? Like they're a team that's way more threatening and dangerous uh, running the ball than they've been at any point since Brady's <laughs> been here for since uh, Arians has been here for sure. No, absolutely. It's not as cringing anymore. Like as <laughs> soon as they would do handoff to do to run the ball. I think that's been the highest complaint from Bucks fans as well. You see it in comments, you see it in feedback. It's like, um, they're still wondering like why they always run the ball and you know, when they do. So now you see that happen and it's like, okay, you can feel hopeful <laughs> that there's going to be some progression. 182 yards, right? I mean, that's a pretty right. good day. And Leonard Fournette, like he's hitting those gaps, like very effectively. He looks way more confident. He looks a lot better and even a little bit more athletic than he did last season when he's taking those reps. So I think the run game looks a lot more hopeful. I think it could only get better because um, now everybody's just kind of getting a chip on their shoulder and, and, and gelling a lot more. And the run game doesn't sound like a joke. Yeah, right. They'll, pro- it, it, they'll probably face the new number one run defense in the saints. We'll see what the Seattle does, but yeah, mm-hmm. saints right now would probably be number one because the bucks gave up a decent amount today. So the saints are probably number one right now. We'll yeah, see what happens. If you look at Fournette, five point four yard average. Ronald Jones made the most of his ten carries, sixty three <laughs> yards, averaged six point three yards per carry. You could just tell that Rojo's just chomped at the bit. It's like, oh, I get carries. Let me run. Let me run. Let me run. He's really trying to prove something. I think John got under his skin enough, so maybe we'll <laughs> hey, see. He looked pissed off when he was running today. Yeah, he did. So <laughs> if, you, if people want to give me that motivation as well as the motivation for making Devin White Scott good. Scott said it best. You're living rent-free in his head, and I guarantee you're still there. Like, you've got a nice <laughs> right. setup, lounge, recliner chair, like, hanging out left brain. Yeah. Yeah. Completely I'm, I'm there. This is you I'm, and I'm Rojo's brain. That's right. Yeah, wait, I, actually, the, the funny thing is when Rojo gets, gets the handoff from Brady – it, and he hits the hole. He's like, Ledyard, Ledyard, I'm coming for you, Ledyard, I'm coming for you. He just imagines my it's face. Focused, on yes. dialed yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But, I mean, you get massive credit for that. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Speaking of credit, who would you give these game balls to, Casey? You've got a couple to give out here, sponsored by our friends at Manscaped. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, definitely offense. I have to do – uh, Chris Godwin. I mean, obviously Tom Brady had, you know, his 600 touchdown pass, which is amazing. That's a whole category of its own. Mike Evans with the three touchdowns. Great. But like this guy's just has, he just has so much grit game by game by game. Um, and maybe also cause last week I wanted him to get more than five receptions and now he broke or not broke. He had 111 yards, I believe. So I'm going to give it to Chris Godwin today for offense. Yeah, good call. He Chris Godwin played awesome. This catch he right did. here was great. Unbelievable yeah. throw by Brady. Unbelievable catch by him. The touchdown, the defenders yeah. all over him, and he and he makes that catch. He was he tremendous. Just, I know. And like he's completely folded up, pretzeled on the ground. Like you would expect everything else to happen. And then it's like, hey, here's the ball, ref. Like, oh, okay, that's fine. You made that catch and you made it look easy. And it's funny too, because for graphics today, it was that one catch where he looked like he was levitating in the end zone. So this yeah. is made for these ridiculous catches. So I got to give him offense. Defense is a tough pick for me. I'm really torn between Antoine Winfield Jr. and obviously D. Delaney. I kind of feel like I want to give it to Delaney, not just because of the interception. Okay. It was just, it was a tone changer for one, aside from yeah. Antoine Winfield Jr.'s. And these younger guys who have been put in these positions to step up, I'll admit I haven't given them the most credit, um, mm-hmm. but the moments that they've had to step up and with the reps that they get and the, the timing that they get to jump into these games and to play a large role, you know, that's a lot. So I think it was a big confidence booster for Pierre, for Delaney, for all of these guys. So I guess I'll give it to Delaney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing too, is what I liked about that interception that he made is he came off of his own guy. He he read mm-hmm. the eyes of the quarterback and just kind of freelanced and made the right play and, and came up with a big interception. Yeah. It looked really good. Like he looked very seasoned in making that decision and, and making that play. So um, I'm going to have to give it to him, even though it was huge what, what Winfield Jr. did today. And mm-hmm. I don't think I have a special teams player at Darden. That was great. Um, I think that's the largest return that the Bucks have had yeah. so far this yeah. season. But then it was just kind of like, 
I want to see what else he can do. So I'm just yeah. going to stick with offense, defense. Chris Godwin and, and D Delaney for me. Excellent. Yeah, good choices. Great, Great choices. stuff, Casey. Thank you so much for your contributions and um, uh, in for the game balls too. I think uh, I think I'm the only one left, right? To, to I think you are, Scott. Okay. So before right. you go, let me talk about before you do it. Let me talk about our friends over at Whiskey Wings at Temple Terrace. Telling you what, they've got a game changer chicken sandwich. I know you hear me say that, but if anybody who knows me knows, I love good chicken sandwich and. Whiskey Wings, man, that thing is bigger than it looks even in the picture in person. So they got great food, uh, tremendous stuff from Whiskey Wings. Their food up and down the menu is tremendous. They've got an indoor-outdoor bar, plenty of screens, great places to watch the games. If you're watching NFL games or if you're going somewhere to watch college football games with your friends, it's a great place to go uh, because there's screens everywhere. They've got a huge variety of games on. If you're like me and you love the NBA you're trying to watch a bunch of NBA games on. They got that those on as well. So just, uh, yeah, great place to go head on over and check out the games and uh, get yourself some great food, some great drinks. They got great specials as well all week. Make sure you check out those on the menu as well. Whiskey Wings and Temple Terrace. Great stuff from them. And we'll be out there for a Peter pregame show here pretty soon. That's in the right. Week, I'm sure. So going to be fun stuff with Whiskey Wings. Before we get to your game balls, Scott, okay. no, actually, go ahead, do your game balls, and then we'll talk okay. about Sure. The injuries and things like that. Okay, so my game balls presented by Manscape Your Balls. Well, thank you. Um, I mean, listen, anytime that uh, that you got you got number eleven out there. Oh my! Okay, God. anytime number eleven takes the field in twenty twenty one, the Buccaneers win, baby, win. And the thing I liked about about what uh, Blaine Gabbard did today, aside from looking so handsome, John, <laughs> is he completed more pers- a higher percentage of his passes than Tom Brady. Tom Brady only 55.5%. Uh, Blaine Gabbert, two of three for 15 yards. Didn't get the opportunities really to, to showcase the arm, John, uh, which uh, which was disappointing, but that's really Byron Leftwich's call. Um, but, John, uh, 66.6% uh, completion percentage, which really impressed me. I thought he did a great job commanding the offense. Um, and uh, I, I'm going to have to go with, with Blaine Gabbert. Um, and – and as as people are really starting to figure out, Buccaneers still undefeated when Blaine Gabbert uh, is uh, is behind center there. The other thing is uh, the the other game ball. I'm going to go uh, give this to um, you know I'm a defensive line guy, John. Right? I like sacks. I like the defensive line play. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mix it up a little bit though. I'm going to give this one to Coach Sherm. Okay, Coach Sherm gets the game ball today. Wow. And uh, listen, um, first time coach. Gets out there, doesn't even have his guys, right? Doesn't even have Carlton Davis, doesn't have Sean Murphy Bunting. Uh, has he even met those guys yet? I guess he has, right? He played with Carlton Davis. Hasn't even played with Sean Murphy Bunting yet. Jamel Dean's out there, but boom, they lose D. Delaney after he gets the interception. And then boom, his replacement, Pierre Desaire, gets the interception. So two interceptions for the unheralded Buccaneer cornerbacks. And you have to give the credit to Coach Sherm. So um, I, I'm going to go. Coach Sherm for the game balls. Yeah, I don't know if there were no busts in the coverage at all. Or we just didn't see him or Fields didn't hit him. But yeah, amazing the fact that they can run their full game plan without yeah. losing anything really in that regard. That was yep. yeah, really, really impressive stuff um, <laughs> from Sherman, from the Buck secondary, from Todd Bowles too. You know, we've been on him a little bit this year, and I, I think that there are some things about him that really frustrate me and deserve more criticism than they probably get in the national circles. Yeah. But no doubt he game chip playing tremendously for this one. And Oh my goodness, Carson Wentz just threw the worst pick I've ever seen in my life. Scott, <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> no, oh my gosh. If anybody's watching the Colts 49ers game or get on social media and see what he just did on like a, for real, the worst interception I've ever seen, but yeah, good choice with coach Sherman. He did great. Uh, hopefully he can be back for the next game. Scott, but I kind of doubt it, and I kind of – this this is going to be a huge week to watch the injuries. Yeah. A, Delaney and Dean, we've seen them come off of games, and everybody's right. fine, everybody's fine, and then, mm-hmm. oh, wait, they're not fine. Right. Um, so we'll see what happens with Dean. We'll see what happens with Delaney. Levante David, Rob Gronkowski. But, yes. Uh, Arian seemed pretty optimistic about Levante David. Gronk yep. was running at the end of last week. That's a pretty good sign. If I'm guessing, I think Levante – and Gronk are back. Yeah, I hope AB is. It sounded like Rappaport was saying this week that it was not a very serious injury. The right. Bucks weren't super worried about it. Didn't put him on IR, obviously. Um, if he was going to miss this game, they probably would, or they could have, I guess. I don't know because I mean, the bye week is counts for yeah. his third week, I guess. So, um, 
Yeah, I I would hope those three can return for this game. Yep. They are still in a tough spot in the secondary. The Saints are probably not going to have Michael Thomas back. They're not going to have Michael Thomas back, I don't believe. Yeah, um, so I don't there's think that matters really. No, I know you think he's bad, but even, I mean, if you're coming back, you're right. It might not, but either way, the saints don't have a ton of talent, a wide receiver right now. Obviously their passing attack is only better than the bears so far this yeah. season. Um, so yeah, there's going to be, it's still going to be interesting though, because how well these guys can execute schematically matters way yeah. more than whether they can cover man on man against somebody like the saints. You're not worried about that part of it as much as you are worried about. Can you keep, Marquez Callaway and Deontay Harris in front of you scheme wise. Can you not fall right. for eye candy? Things like that. That's going to be really telling in this one because no, the saints are going to try to attack and take some shots at times. Oh yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, lots of, of great coverage coming your way on, on pewterreport.com this week, folks. Uh, if you haven't already, I'm going to ask you to do one thing aside from buying Manscaped products and then emailing me with your receipts uh, at srpewterreport.com so I can send you a free Pewter Report t-shirt. I'm going to ask you to subscribe to our Pewter Report TV channel here on YouTube. So if you haven't done that, please do so. Hit the like buttons too. We appreciate that. We also appreciate the super chats. We had some of those coming tonight. That's, that's awfully kind and generous of you. We definitely appreciate that. It's always more fun to give money, right, when the Bucks are winning. You have another opportunity to do that tomorrow, John. Because what do we have on tap for tomorrow at 4 o'clock Eastern? Another yep. Bucks Victory Monday, right? Yes, we'll have Victory Monday podcast, and we'll talk a lot more in depth about this game. We'll look at the tape some, I'm sure, and we'll look at a lot of the numbers, and we'll see the snap counts, and we'll talk about all that, the PFF grades. We'll talk about all that kind of stuff on the show tomorrow, so we'll have a comprehensive breakdown of that. And then we're off Tuesday, and then Wednesday, we'll be back with the, uh, with the preview show uh, for yep. the upcoming show, and we'll be on Thursday as well. For a show, 4 p.m. Eastern, all those days. I'm already so excited for Bucks Saints. I mean, I, I don't want to like too. just post more than this one, but I kind of yeah. do because I this, well, this Bucks Saints game, this this is going to be it for the NFC South supremacy. If the Bucks win this, yeah. I think they coast to the, the division title. If the Saints happen to surprise them at home, then this might we get might a little see, interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we might see what happens uh, for sure. And the fact that it's on the road against the defense that's had the Bucks number a lot. Yeah, I think it's going to be a very on Halloween with all the New Orleans voodoo. You know, mm -hmm. interesting. you go into you go into the bye week at seven and one with a win over the Saints, a team that's been a thorn in your side at least. Uh, you know, I know yeah. the Bucks overcame them in the playoffs, but again, offensively, can you really dominate this game against the defense that's giving you a lot of troubles and is still playing really good football yeah. and starting to get a little healthier too? So. And we'll Dennis see. Allen's got to play a game still. So that yeah, Dennis Allen before that divisional playoff loss to the Buccaneers at uh, at the Superdome was four zero against Bruce Arians' offense yeah. in Tampa in twenty nineteen right. and twenty twenty, sweeping the Buccaneers in the regular season. And I don't really think they solved them in that playoff game. So a lot yeah. to learn still in this game. The Saints still have a very good defense, tons of talent, great against the run. They have pass rush group up front. Um, and yeah, Lattimore Evans. That's always you know Evans got to get the better of that matchup at some point, man. That's that's, that's got to be a big deal for him, I think, to be able to win that one. Um, you know, and so we'll see how that one goes too. But yep. yeah, lots to talk about, lots to discuss this week on the show. It does feel exciting because mm -hmm. no offense this to the is Eagles a big game. or the Dolphins right. or the Bears, but yep. the last three it's games game have felt like, yeah, it would have been stunning to see the Bucks lose any of the last three games. And yeah, they took care of business in all of them. Now we're yep. getting back to some real competition again, it feels like. And I'm very excited. This, this matchup never uh, always, you know, puts us it gives us lots to talk about for sure no yep. question about that so subscribe to pewter report tv on our youtube channel hit the like button on our videos helps us out a ton getting in front of more eyeballs getting in front of more people's trying to get to 6k subscribers any help you can give us greatly greatly appreciate the super chats have been awesome today again we appreciate y'all for that as well appreciate y'all jumping in on the show been a blast until next time thanks so much for listening to another edition of the pewter report podcast out out